Blog Talk Radio. Calling all men. It's now your time for your show with your coach, the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Relax, be heard, and be understood. It's the show where men can be men. Now here's the coach who has your back, Linda Gross. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Men's Advocate Show. I zestfully invite you to join in on our conversation today. We're going to be talking about height discrimination. That's right, height discrimination. So call in on this topic, 323-642-1677, You can also use our chat line, right here on blogtalkradio.com, blogtalkradio.com, forward slash DT Linda Gross, forward slash DT Linda Gross. All right, so here's what we're going to be talking about today. I have a guest host today, Jeff. And have you ever noticed that popular dating apps are not just biased towards uh, taller men, But one such app is actually trying to verify a man's height. Since it can be argued that no one has a bias regarding height at birth, why is it that most women do have a height bias? So we're going to explore that today. And more importantly, what can a man do regarding this bias? So do join us. Call in, chat or use the chat line, and uh, let's get going, shall we? Have you been subject to discrimination? Does this apply to you? Or maybe you are already tall. (laughs) Do you think doors are open to you because you're six feet and over? I would love to hear all of those points of view. Let's welcome Jeff to our show. Jeff, thanks for coming on the show today. Hi, Linda. Thanks for having me. Awesome. All right, so I think we started off the conversation with regard to you just got fed up one day and you uh, made a lengthy letter. Uh, Who is that letter to? And give us some of the highlights of what that letter said. Well, I'll I'll give you the background, and you know the the, you know this is something that you know so I'm five six. Let's kind of establish that. So it's something that as a five six guy, you know, clearly I've dealt with my whole life. Yeah. And for the most part, I've done the work, right? So most short guys are kind of confronted with this idea of, you know, doing the inner work. Well, I've done a lot of inner work and there was a lot of work that I didn't need to do because I already had a good disposition about such things. But, you know, as I got older, you know, and I got more uh, observant, I was able to kind of uh, internalize the way that uh, the world kind of received me in a different way, in a more complete way. And so to kind of take us to this point is like many, you know, I was sheltered in place because of the pandemic and I live alone. So instantly, Mm -hmm. like my social life was ended like most people's. And yeah, I'd call my friends, I'd call my family. Dating life was over instantly because not out meeting anybody. 
And so I decided to go ahead and get on a number of the dating apps. You know, at first it was just to socialize. I really had no agenda or expectation of even meeting anybody. I just thought, you know, let me get on these and, and just, you know, chat and see what happens. And Oh, so you weren't you weren't you weren't on dating apps prior to the pandemic. I was once before. I was yeah, once here before briefly. Right. Here but and there, didn't, yeah. But you I didn't, didn't really, really get dive. a lot of Got it. Okay. No, I didn't really dive in. And so um over the forgive me for kind of taking a quick side quest, is over the last year I've kind of been observing like, okay, is this something that could be changed? I've got a little bit of that social justice warrior kind of gene about me. You know, I'm willing to stand up and kind of fight for things. So I was like, you know, is this something that is real? Is it something that is worth fighting for? Is it something that could be fought for? So I started to observe things. Well, it really kind of got in my face where I thought maybe there was an opportunity. When I got on these dating apps, because at first, because I got on like five different ones, and there's probably 20 I could get on, but I got on five different ones, and all of them have different requirements um, from an app like Tinder, which has no requirements. You just It's the Wild West. You put whatever you want and just go for it, to <laughs> apps that suggest that you put things, to apps that require that you put things. And so what became interesting to me was my experience on each app was very, very different, even though I participated the same way. And, and we can talk more about that, but what really brought it to a head is, is the killing of George Floyd. And so George Floyd gets killed, and then now we have you know, this entire movement that is, is on a global level for black lives. Mm-hmm. And in, in, the, in what happened is you have a lot of companies that are standing up, and this is part of my letter, is there's a lot of companies that are making public statements in support of the Black Lives Movement. That's cool. Awesome. I'm, a, I'm, in, I'm in support of it, so that's, that's super cool. Then those statements started to get into the dating arena, like the dating app companies are putting out these comments. And it's like, okay, and as long as they keep it, like I saw one where it was like, look, we're in support of the Black Lives Movement. That's clean. To me, that's clean. We're in support of the Black Lives Matter movement, and that's just our political stance on the subject. Awesome. What got me is there was a particular app. Do you want me to name the app or not yeah, name the app? Yeah, sure. Go okay. right ahead. So there was a particular app, Hinge. Hinge, and Hinge was this particular app. Yeah. It didn't just say... Um, so I logged on to Hinge one evening and was greeted by a black screen, a black screen with white text. And oh. it said, it, it didn't just say we support the Black Lives Matter movement. It said, we do not tolerate discrimination of any kind on our platforms. And okay. we don't tolerate hate speech of any kind on our platform. And I just sat there and I looked at that statement and I just, I was offended. No kidding. I was offended by it. Wow. And, and I thought. They, they, you, they were one of the ones that asked that question. They, they, they are. Well, it's, and it's mandatory. 
It's oh. not even optional. It's mandatory. So it really struck me in that moment. Like, you know, I've been aware of the hype thing on the dating apps for a while, but it struck me in that moment like you're literally going to put out this notice, like, and if you see anything or you hear anything, be sure to report it, and we're going to like – you know, I'd have to go find the exact public service announcement, but it's just this really harsh, like this really strong-worded public service announcement. How they had zero tolerance for discrimination, and if you see it, report it. And it was like, okay, well, but I have to put my hype, and there's a filter that can erase me from the entire deck that a woman is going to see, and it's uh-huh. much more than just that. So I thought that's discrimination. And there are yeah. women that on their profiles will say, like, I've seen a woman that literally said, I don't do short. I don't do short. Well, what if I said, I don't do black women? What if right. I said that? And I've had black girlfriends, so this isn't my personal belief. I'm just saying, what if I said that? As a white man, if I put, I don't do black women, mm-hmm. I would be reported in a heartbeat. Right. But a woman can just filter me out by height. And so then it becomes like, the, then to me, in, in this kind of context of equality, it's like there's the internal work in the person that any man or any woman needs to be to attract a high-value mate. You know, we all need to be good people to attract good people. We can't bring all of our baggage. That's, I mean, you're a coach on the subject, and you've been, you know, you're a lead on the subject. But that's different than saying, hold on a second here. We have dating Sex is inherently discriminatory. If there is one thing that every human being is, is, has autonomy over, and if they don't, people are fighting for it, it's their body. People yeah. want that autonomy over their body. I get to have sex with whoever I choose to have sex with. And if I don't want to have sex with a person who has a body part that I don't like or has a body measurement I don't like or has a personality trait I don't like or whatever, that's, that's my, my right, and it doesn't make me an ist of any kind, an IST of any kind. It doesn't make me racist or it doesn't make me sexist or it doesn't make me flat-chestist or whatever, whatever right. kind of term we want to <laughs> add IST to at the end. That's just you know my personal preference. So then it gets to, well, if we're going to dissolve the argument down to personal preference, yeah. then why are there filters? Why are there filters at all? Or why aren't there all the filters? Why are we going to pick and choose what filters are there and allow some filters but not allow other filters? Yeah. And then it starts to become more of a, is it just personal preference? Is it, is it chemistry? Is it compatibility? Is it discrimination? Is there something that should be said about it? Is there some lack of equality issue? Right. That's the big setting, I think, for it. Yeah. Why do women have the right to discriminate on that particular aspect where men don't have any right to discriminate or narrow down their options as to what they want. Right. It's, you know, I mean, you know, all all these many, you know, for several decades now, women have been crying, you know, we want equal time, equal time, we're the equal sex, you know, all this kind of stuff. mm -hmm. But it's really not. I mean, it, it really is 
the era of pro-women right now, which is fine. I'm all for pro-women, but not when it's to the detriment of men. For example, there's a lot of qualities that men could ask for, but first of all, they're not allowed to because the dating app doesn't allow it. And second of all, if you dared say any of these things, like, you know, I want a small waist or I want a C cup or I want, you know, whatever it is, I want somebody that has financial stability. I want to see what your FICO score is or, you know, I want to know if you're a smoker or, you know, like all these things that a lot of men Mm -hmm. are dying to ask, but they're not allowed to ask these things because it's just gauche. It's just, you know, what's wrong with you? You're, you're a woman hater. You know, you're not allowed Mm -hmm. to ask for somebody who is within 20 pounds, say, for example, of their ideal weight or whatever the weight chart says. You're not allowed to do that. That's discrimination. Right. Oh, you, you know, you're supposed to like me for my sparkling personality. You're not allowed to ask me about my weight. Oh, gosh. Well, and one, one thing I would add is, you know, men, in my experience, and this, this might just be a, you know, anthropological or evolutionary concept, but, you know, because it, it is evidenced by animals in nature, is yeah. men really don't support each other. We don't. Men are really out there trying to rule the pack. We're out there trying to dominate the pack, to be the alpha male, to be the leader. Women support each other, and women have done a far better job at, like, the body beautiful movement, right? There's the whole body beautiful, all bodies are beautiful. Whether or not you agree with it doesn't matter. The the argument is that that the cause is there, and women support each other. There are modeling agencies that will represent every size and shape of female. Used to not be that. The same cannot be said. Yeah, it used to not be that right. way, though. They, they were very discriminatory in decades past, you know, but that's so last century now. And I think you're giving women way too much credit. I don't think women have bandied together with this. It's the social media machinery that mm. has, have decided that it is the age of the woman. Um, on so many issues, not just on dating, but so many issues. I don't know if it's partly because um, 85 or 90% of all buying decisions, even if it's a male product, are made by the woman. So the woman is going to the store, and even though she might be buying Budweiser or beer or you know razor blades or whatever it is, it is she who is buying it. Um, because she's already there. So I don't know if, you know, these multinational corporations have decided, forget men. They're not the decision makers. They're not paying advertising dollars. They're not, you know, uh, succumbing to what we want. We're, we're not, we're, women are so much more easily our target audience as to whom we want to contact and whom we want to stroke because the benefits are so much greater. Even on big purchases, because I spent the last year in the housing industry, and yeah. you would be most people would be startled at how females and single females dominate the percentages in purchases of homes versus men. Even if they have no financial, um, what's the word? 
even if they're not even bringing to the table, to the closing table, hey, I'm bringing my part of the down payment, they still have most of the say-so. I agree. Mm-hmm. So, in, in well, you know, maybe maybe I've got, I'm giving them too much credit, but I'm I'm consuming the information I see. So what I'm saying is, as a shorter man, when I get on the internet, that's my experience. So you're saying, well, it's my experience is not my reality or not the reality, and that's fine if that's the case. But my experience is that there is a body beautiful movement, that there is this idea that all women are beautiful, whether or not whatever the movement's there there is no such movement for men there is no movement that is championing shorter men as being every bit as attractive and desirable um as a taller man where Mm -hmm. there is a movement to support well a heavier woman is every bit as beautiful and lovable and attractive and desirable as a is a thinner woman right so that that's just more of a societal support system um and, and it's important to me because, you know, when I look at the issue of height and most, most people default to the attitude of it's just the way it is. And it took until really recently for me to even challenge that because as a shorter man, mind, so I'm 42 years old. I didn't really get that my height was an issue romantically until I was in my late teens, early 20s. Like, okay. I kind of knew that, like, I struggled because I, I had no fear approaching women and asking them out when I was a teenager. But I, I didn't quite get why I wasn't as successful, you know. And so, you know, I told, now I told myself a story. Now, I could have been terrible. Maybe I was horrible. <laughs> you mm. know, like, maybe I was a horrible teenager at asking them out. But, you know, when I got older, I started to see it. I started to notice it. I would have women tell me directly to my face, like, I won't date you because you're not tall enough. I remember being in college and hearing these women sitting at a table next to me in earshot. I would never date a shorter man. So then I told myself this story of like, that's it. That's the problem. Right. And (laughs) so then. Eureka. Eureka. So, you know, then it became something to deal with. Um, and I have, but again, I, every time I would bring it up, the default for most people is, oops, there, there's another one. There's another short guy with a chip on his shoulder. There's another short guy with a Napoleon complex. There's another short guy who has a bad self-worth issue who needs to work on it. And that's the default reaction. And it's, Still the default reaction because I posted in a couple I'm on a a couple of these dating groups on Facebook uh, that are all male you know where it's like men just kind of giving tips and advice on how to date women and uh, and I posted the thing about hinge and I said you know like I've got enough like I'm I've got enough fire I'm kind of pissed off enough that like I've I've got enough kind of constitution that like I'll take this on should I take it on and Sure enough, men came out and they're like, bro, you just need to work on yourself, bro. It's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. So here's what was interesting that presented itself this time around is, was of all things, a Bible study. I was attending a Bible study of which I'm the token white guy. It's all black people and Asian people. Mm -hmm. And in this Bible study at the end of it, 
they started to talk about slavery. And they started to talk about how the gospel was preached to black slaves and how the white people would cherry pick verses from the Bible and modify the words. And, 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 and I'd have to verify this. I'm taking this as it was told. So, you know, I'd have to verify the, the correctness of this, the factual accuracy. Um, but they were saying that, you know, these white people would cherry pick verses and modify them and teach black people the gospel in a way that they that the black people would feel it was completely and totally natural that they were less than the white people like that was the way it is like that's just the way it is it's just a given Uh, you're you're less than white people it's a given and i'm gonna imagine and and i'm reading a book right now let's help you embrace this thought (laughs) let's have you let's have you help you embrace this thought so you're conditioning black people that you're lesser than, and that's normal, but that's how it is. And the Bible even says so, so just accept it. Just work on yourself, bro. And we still have that today in 2020 where you've got plenty of largely non – there's a couple of black people, but mostly non-black people saying, racism, oh, just shut up. Just get over it. It's on your head. Stop whining. Stop your marches. Stop your protesting. Stop whining and complaining and just deal with it, right? Because People that have dominance don't want people that are the subject that are being dominated to challenge right. them. Right. And I, I would want to do the same research. I'm reading a book right now. I would want to do the same research on women. I'm reading a book right now called The Alphabet Versus the Goddess, which without spending a lot of time talking about that book, is, is basically about how the written word and the way that we operate is a very – left-brained masculine energy way of communication. And so what happened is there was this period where women actually had equal, if not more power than men in history. And the the author's like, what was it? Was it that just men were inherently violent and needed to dominate women? Like how did men really get seize power back from the women, the the women. And, And he's asserting that it was through the invention of the written word. And he can kind of point out that when that happened, everything started to shift and women started to lose power in society. All of a sudden goddesses became male gods and, you know, this entire structure about it. And so I would have to look, I'm, you know, woefully ignorant on, on female social justice warriors throughout the history of the United States. But I would have to look and say, well, I, I would assume that the same was true for women. Like, well, you're the woman. Of course you shouldn't be as intelligent. Of course you just should make less because that's just how it is. If you have a problem with it, then it's just in your head. You need to be a better woman. You've got internal self-worth issues to deal with. So as a short guy, I look at it like – There is that element. There are some potentially very real elements of attraction that we should talk about. But then there's this social conditioning, just like black people, most likely just like women, just like short men, where people in a position of dominance are just going to perpetuate that dominance. And then when that that group that's being dominated says anything, then everybody just goes, no, it's just the way it is. You're the one with the issue about it. You need to get over it. How much of that contributes to what's going to the perception and in, in, in the sexual desire of 
tall men versus short men. I think a really great deal, personally. Yeah, and there's like no way we could flip the script and say it the other way around. Like if a short person, if a short male says, you know, the height issue and how they're discriminated and whatever, oh, just deal with it, man. What's wrong with you? Just get over it. Now, if we were to flip the script and, you know, of a woman who's greater than 50 pounds, if we would all say, oh, my God, look at her. She must have a self-esteem issue. Meaning that that's Mm -hmm. that's the reason why she's more than 50 pounds overweight. I mean, it would just never be heard of ever in anybody's lifetime. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's a complete double standard. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, in, in what's also interesting is, you know, the height thing, it is different around the world. There are countries that are more prejudiced and want countries that are less. Unfortunately, I live, I don't want to say, unfortunately, I live in America. Don't take that statement. But I'll say, unfortunately, here in America, there is more of a a bias towards taller men. Um, There are other countries where it's more, other countries where it's less. Here, I think it's pretty bad. Um, Yeah. And I I think that gets perpetuated through Hollywood, which ironically, there's a lot of short men in Hollywood. That's the irony of it. Right. But when you see the movies. Who are standing on soapboxes. They're standing on soapboxes. They're paired with shorter women. Or back in the day, last century, I think like in the 1930s and 40s, they would actually build a gutter for the woman to stand like a trench for the woman right. for the taller woman to stand in so when they had that hugging scene that kissing scene whatever it still appeared that she was you know i don't know six inches shorter than than he right so so hollywood despite having a large quantity of shorter actors perpetuates that men should be taller than women in fact there's only one move there's two movies that stand out in my mind um, one was a clear situation. The other, the stereotype was still there. One is Eyes Wide Shut. And when I say those kinds of movies, I should say where a shorter man had a sex interest who was taller. And the first is Eyes Wide Shut. Tom Cruise was still married to Nicole Kidman, and mm-hmm. they played in the movie together. They were husband and wife in the movie. So uh, it, she wasn't an interest, but it was just a given. Like, there's the couple. And it's interesting because we we knew them so well. They were both such mega stars, and their marriage was so famous that we just didn't even think about it. We're like, oh, yeah, there's Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. But there was a clear case where Nicole Kidman's taller than Tom Cruise, and there's a very sexual movie. The entire movie was about sex, where the the, the wife, the female, was taller than the male. The other – which I was really happy about, even though the stereotype persisted, was Grumpy Old Men. Do you remember the movie Grumpy Old Men? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I forget the it's, actress's uh, name, the very Jack famous Lennon. actress. Yes. Oh, it's, yeah. Anne uh, Margaret. Anne Margaret? Yeah. I think it was yeah, Anne Margaret. Was Terry Hatcher in that? I forget. No. No, no. Anne Margaret was in it for sure. Yeah. Um, well, there were two of them. So Anne Margaret was in it, and you had you know Walter Matthau, Jack Lemmon. I mean, it's a hilarious movie, and and so I like to watch that movie from time to time. Well, in the last year or so since this has kind of been on my mind, the height thing, I watched that movie, and there's kind of a there's there's two love stories in that movie. One's with Anne Margaret and Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon trying to get her, but then the other is with Daryl Hannah. 
who's like 5'10". I'd have to look. I, I looked it up. I think she's like 5'10". She is tall for a yeah. woman. And so the, the kind of the story was she was married to a guy who was a taller than her successful white guy, and they had a kid. And then they go back to Minnesota, and they're having problems, right? So Walter Matthau then leaks that information to Jack Lemmon, who then leaks that information to his son, who's Kevin Pollack. And Kevin Pollack, I think he's 5'5". Five, five. I'd have to look, 5'5", five, 5'6". Five, five, <laughs> so then Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau kind of co-conspire to get Daryl Hannah and, and Kevin Pollock's characters to fall in love with each other. They were childhood friends, and there's this really beautiful, sweet story. And ultimately, in the end, like, he gets her. And I was like, whoa. Now, that wasn't the main storyline, and it was a comedy. It wasn't like a big sexual movie. But I was like, wow. I had to, like, stand up and applaud, you know. I was like, look, they've got Kevin Pollock and Daryl Hannah. Like, that's fantastic. I just named two movies. Yeah. Got any others? Two movies. Got yeah, any others. And you know what? I think um, Tom Cruise got a hall pass on that movie only because he was married to her. Come mm-hmm. on. <laughs> if he weren't married to her, right. probably that interaction never would have happened. They would have picked another actress or it would have been camera angles or something else. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and on the modeling side of things, you know, I, I actually reached out because, you know, I have been told throughout my entire life, especially like my adult life, that I'm a very handsome man. Now, there's a, very, there's a difference between an objective observation of attractiveness and feeling desired. These are totally different things. So as a shorter man, I have dominantly not felt desired. Now, fortunately for most of my adult life, I was in two long-term relationships. So I really didn't have it in my face that often. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like I've never felt like super hot or this accepted standard because height's that big of a determining factor. But I've been told throughout my life by women, by attractive women, like you're a good looking guy, you're really handsome. I've had a number of women tell me I should model. I've had a lot of men and women tell me I look like an actor. And so I I really took it on when I turned 40, and I thought, what's the most unreasonable thing I could be? Well, the most unreasonable thing I could be is a model, is a 40-year-old 5'6 model. Can I pull this off? And I started looking for these agencies that promoted representing all body sizes and shapes. Okay. And they wouldn't even talk to me. They're like, you need to be at least 5'11". And I'm like, but wow. you're representing women. You're representing short women, old women, fat women. Like you're, you're plus, let's say plus size. They're not really representing like obese women, but they're representing plus size. So I'm like, so you're representing short women, plus size women, and old women. You're representing old men and plus size men. There's only one ca- category missing from this entire catalog here. Right. Well, that's okay. So – by, by the so way, again, everybody, it, to my listeners, uh, sorry to interrupt, um, if you want to see what Jeff looks like on the picture carousel at Blog Talk Radio, if you click on this particular show, you'll see in the picture carousel, he is very attractive. <laughs> Just wanted to throw that in. Where is it? Blog Talk Radio? What picture Blog do you Talk have of me, Linda? Yeah, no, I mean, click on, the, on this show, Height Discrimination, 
and it should show you a picture carousel and uh, a couple of the pictures are are your pictures how do I find, okay i don't want to like waste too much time with silence you, you know what um, i'll have you do that i'll take a quick station id if you've currently um tuned in you're listening to the men's advocate show with me your host linda gross chime in on this topic if you're uh shorter if you're a shorter man if you're a taller man if you've had pros cons some somewhere in between if you have a story to tell i would love to hear it so do do dial in our phone number is 323-642-1677 323-642-1677 you can also use the chat line which is blogtalkradio.com forward slash dt linda gross and i will see it forward slash dt linda gross let's take a quick break and we will come back with my guest jeff and uh, we'll talk more about height discrimination. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women, too. Hi, guys. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show. Linda Gross wants you to know what turns a woman on and makes her go wild so she just can't help herself. Check out Linda's book, Mastering Women, Real Truth About Women That Will Change Your Life Forever. Linda gives you all the insider tips on how to catch a woman and, if you want, to keep her. In four easy steps, these proven techniques will make women just melt. Ever wonder why the girl you really liked seemed to be great when you met, then all of a sudden just goes cold on you and turns you off? Linda will also let you know what not to do on a date. Never blow it again by losing another hot woman. You don't have to be good looking or even have money. Her book, Mastering Women, is available in paperback and ebook. Men, Linda's on your side. So buy her book, Mastering Women. Buy it for now. And don't keep your women waiting another minute. Get Mastering Women today. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Welcome back, everybody. You're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Today, we are talking about height discrimination. Please join us on our show, 323-642-1677, I want to, I invited uh, another guest to be on our show. He couldn't make it live in person, but he sent me an audio clip. Uh, listen to our friend, friend to the show, Aaron, and what he has to say about height. He is also um, not six feet, so let's see what he has to say. Hey, Linda, this is Aaron Clary here. I uh, apologize I can't be on the show, but to, to answer your questions, uh, me being a relatively short guy, I'm 5'9", um, 
I never really had that many problems uh, dating taller gals because that's all there was to take because I was short. I don't know if it's the tall Scandinavian blood of the uh, Minnesotans, but uh, yeah, I, I dated uh, at least the majority of women I dated were taller than me. Uh, now, I never had a conscious problem dating them at the time, but I did know that it rarely, if ever, would go beyond the third date, and my experience or my guesstimate had been that women probably did like me at one time, but uh, they they really want to have a taller guy, and um, so we'd have fun, things would be going great, at that, and then all of a sudden, some obscure reason, they'd never come out right and say it's because you're short, but I... I speculated because it was, because they inevitably do want a tall guy. Um, in terms of calling it discrimination, I, I mean, it is discriminating, but I don't think it's the pejorative thing. Like, things can be racial or they can be uh, sexist or sexual. Uh, like, you're discriminating or choosing to go out with someone who's taller. I don't think it's it's a pejorative. I just think it's the way women are. Most women want a taller guy. Just want, you know, guys want a thinner gal. Uh, but unlike height, which men can't control, men can control uh, their obesity or their weight. And so I think if there's any kind of hypocrisy or something to be criticized, uh, it's that, that you know, women do want tall men. Men should accept that. I don't think men should think it's, it's, it's like getting angry at a, at a guy for not liking a fat chick. Well, it's, it's the same thing. Girls just aren't attracted to short guys. Um, so that's just kind of my philosophy. I've, I've never had any animosity like, oh, you women won't date short guys. Like, well, they have, they have the right to choose. You got, you're only going to be attracted to who you're attracted to. Uh, so how I, you know, if you could call it compensating for it, I, I did it by cheating, but becoming a really good ballroom dancer and also a ballroom dance instructor. So I kind of had an ace up my sleeve, but that's pretty much every guy uh, whether you're short or tall or, or whatever, is you try to become the best guy you are, regardless of how you were physically born. And uh, you'd be amazed what you can pull. Um, my girlfriend is taller than me. Um, I did have success dating taller gals, maybe not keeping them. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just so it never it never really phased me. It's not until I've gotten older that I realize, oh yeah, they do. You know, there's definitely a, a bias. Uh, a preference, a strong preference, and maybe that's, you know, you asked if I was on dating apps. <laughs> I haven't been on, I never was on a dating app because it's been so long. Um, but I do know not caring and going up and asking out the girls anyway, that, that did work. But it had to be the best version of me possible. Um, and nowadays, maybe uh, young ladies' preferences are so strong towards taller men that it, it, if I were to revisit the dating market, it, it wouldn't work like I'd be, you know, have a lot less success than I did in the past, but it, it really didn't phase me. It, I could see where it's on the dating app where it's like, you must be six feet tall. Well, that's a bit, that that's a bit big. You should at least give the guy a shot. Maybe you like him. Uh, but no, that's been my dating experiences with, with tall girls. Generally pleasant, uh, but nothing, uh, nothing out of the ordinary or what you wouldn't expect, so... Hey, wish I could be on this show, and, and uh, maybe next time when I'm not so busy. We'll see you later. Toodles. Thank you, Aaron. There goes Aaron Clary. Check out uh, his podcast as well. Um, so let's see. CaptainCapitalism.com. CaptainCapitalism.com. My friend Aaron Clary. All right. 
and please welcome back our guest today, Jeff. Um, do you have any comments or questions about Aaron's uh, clip? Uh, a lot. I mean, one of the, <laughs> the first thing that struck me is if he's 5'9 and all the women are taller than him, they, they must be giants out where he's at. I know. You know, what is that? All the women are six feet tall? Like, where are all the yeah. women six feet no, tall? No, he said he's from Minnesota. So, you know, they right. have a lot of that Dutch blood and Viking blood and whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> Viking I women that are there? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it. Um, the other thing that, that he said was, you know, that's just the way it is. And again, there's two aspects. There's kind of two things at play. Um, one is there is the way things are in being the best human being you can be, playing the game of life the best you can play it the way that things are. And there are some people that get a fire up their butt that want to change the way things are and think maybe there's a possibility to change the way things are. And that's where, you know, when I look at race, that I would completely disagree when he say, oh, well, it's not like race. Or, no, it is. It's exactly like that. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And because it's conditioned, it's learned. And the other thing is when he said, well, yeah, women just like he kind of defaults to women just preferring a tall guy. And I agree with that. Obviously, that's been my experience my whole life. My first girlfriend that I was with for five and a half years was 5'8". She was two inches taller, you know, and my second girlfriend I was with for 10 years, she was three inches shorter. I didn't wish one was shorter or wish one was taller. They just I loved them both. Um, But I don't think that height, it's a big issue. I think it's easily, I don't want to say easily overcome, but it's, if you're an amazing man and you work on yourself and you work on all of the other areas, the evolutionary, if we want to kind of go there, the evolutionary attractors, the attraction switches, they're not hype. There's a couple that hype ties into, but there's so many ways that you can display that you're a quality mate that have nothing to do with height. So then it becomes, again, going back to the perpetuation of the stereotype, especially in the dating arena, because from my seat, and I'm sitting here looking at this fortress, and I'm going, where's the brick in this fortress that's loose? Where's the crack? that I can start to exploit. Well, that crack presented itself in a dating app speaking out against discrimination and saying they wouldn't tolerate it. That's the crack in the fortress saying, nope, dating app, dating is inherently discriminatory. Dating mm-hmm. apps are inherently discriminatory. But you're gonna, but from my seat, you're allowing certain discrimination, but not others. And I feel like if there's, if there's a battle that could be won, that's where you'd win it, and that's where you could then start to move that into other arenas. And like, I mean, honestly, like if I, I'd have to say, like, I don't expect that I'm gonna do anything in my lifetime. It would be rad if I could help 
create the crack in the fortress in my lifetime. Um, but that doesn't stop me. I don't, I don't approach women with a chip on my shoulder. I was on the phone with a woman I matched with from Tinder where you don't put your height. She's 5'9". We get on the phone, and she immediately goes, how old are you and how tall are you? And I told her, and immediately she was turned off. And through my demonstration of who I was as a man, by the end of the call, she's like, I don't even care how old you are. You sound rad. So, yes, you can work on yourself. You can overcome it. You can display that you're an amazing man that any woman would want to be with. That doesn't change that I still believe there is a socially reinforced conditioning of this learned prejudice. prejudice. I still believe all of that, and I think that can be countered to, to some level. You know, you've got to start somewhere. I mean, I think a lot of men who are shorter, they definitely have to kick in the compensation skills to to make up for that one particular attribute that may not be the mm-hmm. ideal quality that the woman wants. I mean, it's not okay. It's not enough that Tom Cruise is a great actor. No, he's got to like hang off an airplane at 40,000 feet and move over. I'm going to do this stunt myself in Mission Impossible. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. like he's doing these death-defying uh, stunts um, to, I think, compensate for his for his height. So for sure, yeah. And I think you know, if there are ten attributes that possibly the opposite sex is looking for, and let's say height is not your strong suit, so to speak, well, then you're going to do whatever you're going to do to make the other nine attributes be as strong as possible. And that could be your financial position, your social position, it could be maybe you're good with people, you're, you know, you're, you're a good talker, like whatever it is, could be like yourself, you're a musician that often gains a lot of points. So when you say actors are short, or musicians are short, you know, it's, I, I, they're compensating too, wouldn't you say? I think every, I don't know that being, because I play music, I I don't see being, I play music because I love it. I don't play music because it compensates for anything. Oh, there's a a lot of guitar and they are compensating. Okay. It's like, like, what what can I do to get the girls? Hmm, We know that girls Mm. love live music, so I'll learn how to play this guitar. There is that. Well, what I would say what I would say is before people are even thinking about dating when they're young and they're not even sexually attracted to anyone yet is I was smaller my whole life. I was always the last, if not second to last kid picked for the sports teams, right? When kids go play at recess, they play sports. So I was always last. Well, okay, well clearly I'm not going to win here, right? Clearly I'm not going to win here. But at that age, I wasn't even thinking about women yet. I wasn't thinking about sex. I wasn't – I don't even know if my hormones were going in that direction. I yeah. was just noticing clearly I wasn't uh, you know, getting picked in that hierarchy. So I need to find a different hierarchy. Um, okay. But you know, I, even, I was always into like the – when I saw musicians on stage, they were larger than life. And yeah, you could say, well, the reason why he wasn't picked in sports, so that's why he was attracted to the to the artists that were on stage. Eh, we could make that argument. I don't know if it's true. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of times people will ask me, is there a biological reason as to why women want the height? Because we can all agree that at birth, nobody has a bias one way or the other for skin color, hair color, height, or any, any other physical attribute, right? So mm-hmm. I think the biological reason that women want this is it goes back to first C, as I say in my book, first C, which is confidence, the subcategory of that, that uh, chapter in the book is protect and provide. So it's a protection thing. So in the mm-hmm. event of danger that she or, and or the children are in danger, maybe there is a weather event like, you know, a hurricane or a flood or whatever it is, um, the guy reaching across the river with his hand, maybe if you're six inches taller, maybe you've got that extra reach to pull her out of the river to pull her out of danger. So a shorter mm. guy, she's going to think he's not going to be able to rescue me or he's not going to be able to rescue the kid that fell in the river or whatever it is. So as a guy who is less than six feet, the first three months of your dating life, you've got to somehow convince her that, yes, you can. In the event of an emergency, yes, you can rescue her. Whether you've got extra means going on and maybe you're not reaching out your hand, maybe you're, you've are you got a pole in the trunk or I don't know what it is, but you've got something going on that you can use your ingenuity to make up for you know, the height, uh, you know, difference there. So I think that's very important. And and it's got to be done in a way where the guy isn't saying it in an arrogant way and he's not saying it in an apologetic way. In fact, I would use a current day situation to replicate um, something to that effect that, yes, indeed, you have what it takes to pull her out of danger. Maybe you're just horsing around at the local swimming pool or something like that. But you've got to be able to demonstrate that, yes, you can't, you, ha- you do have that physical prowess. Now, a lot of short men, maybe they don't have the physical prowess. And, again, that's when the compensation goes into effect. Maybe you need to hit the gym to where you might not have the length, but you have the muscle power to be able to get the women and children out of danger. So, Give it some thought. It's a really important issue, and you've got to, like, make it clear in her mind that you are that person. And I don't think it has to be that extreme. You know, it's like you don't have to look like the rock. No. <laughs> you know? Like, no, you don't. Because you know, I'm, I'm overall thin, but I do have toned muscles, and I've had women comment on them, mm-hmm. and I'm like – they're not that like I'm not that big of a guy like like I I always feel surprised when a female comments on my on my body because I'm like maybe if I was the rock that would make sense but like I'm you know so I, that to me means it doesn't take that much you know I'm thin I'm toned but I'm not a bodybuilder so I don't I don't think you need to be a bodybuilder and. For sure, sure you don't need to be a bodybuilder. In fact, bodybuilders are actually a turnoff to most women. You know, the Arnold Schwarzenegger type, they're afraid of that. So you don't need to go that (laughs) much. But I think if you're you're not soft, you're not pudgy, you're maybe like 10% more than that, and that's good enough for a woman. 
really. It's, it's, and, it doesn't take, it does not take much. And I think also, you know, the, the, which folds into the entire, you know, uh, kind of frame that I have about the situation is, you know, I look at the evolution and I'm always looking at the evolution and I'm looking at society because I think a lot of times these ideas can be expressed. And I, 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 I you know, I kind of deliberate a lot on is this so deeply rooted in our DNA that it's, we're just cavemen or are we not? Can it really be conditioned by the world that we live in? So when you say, a, you know, like a protector, well, what if I displayed a time when there was an economic crisis and I pulled my family out of it? I pulled myself out of it. I pulled other people out of it. Does that in 2020, is that going to have, is it going to flip the same evolutionary switch as a protector? Yeah, notice what I did here and it saved everybody's life, even though physically I didn't have the power. I think the answer to that is a definite yes. Because it mm-hmm. is a compensating factor, and it's a compensating factor that most women look for. And, the, and again, I go back to biology. When she is pregnant, there are some women that the doctor will say, okay, you need three months of bed rest. You're not allowed to do anything other than go from the bed to the, you know, go potty and come back, and that's it. So, you know, while she's immobile, um, if her mate is financially stable and she's not able to work now because she's on bed rest, um, if he can pick up that financial slack, absolutely, it's a compensating factor and it's one that she definitely will look to. There are other women, women who are not on bed rest, but then maybe they want to spend you know, after birth, they want to spend six months with the kid or maybe even mm-hmm. five years with the kid until the kid goes to kindergarten. And that's what's best for the kid, actually, is to have that parental, um, you know, guidance and support and loving and to create those stable roots for the child. So maybe during the five years, she's not working or some portion of the five years, six, let's call it six months to five years. So again, if the guy is able to uh, keep the lights turned on and pay the rent, absolutely, it's a compensating factor. And when I look at that, and, and you're, you're affirming it, and when I look at that and I look at the other attraction switches that, you know, that I know of, because mm-hmm. I, I know of, of several, you know, and when I look at the attraction switches, again, they – they, they're not inherently height-driven. Again, we just had the conversation about protector and the historical, like when before law, when might made right, you know, if, if you were powerful, you, you were it. So I get the evolution of it, but I believe that we live in this society now where most of us live in a civilized society, at least where we're having this kind of conversation. And so it's like, well, if we live in civilized society, then those attraction switches are going to get flipped by different things. Let's, let's change the genders for a second. Look mm-hmm. at women. Why do we think that a thin woman is, a thin woman is pretty? Why? Is it because what the media tells us? Well, it reinforces it. But why? Because it's no. what it represents. 
right? Are you going to disagree with that? I think it's because of what it represents. I don't. I don't think the liking thin women is a social media construct. Uh, I, again, I, I look to biology with that. And the reason why I say that is if you look back 10,000 years ago, you know, the guy and his, his, uh, his crew, they were out hunting or whatever, and they came back from a day of hunting, and they're sitting way over there on the hill. And his determination from far away, as far as his eye could see, the first thing that that guy is going to look for is what's called hip-to-waist ratio. There is an ideal ratio that her waist needs to be 70% um, compared to what the hips are. It's a a ratio. Now, a guy will take anywhere from 70%. Basically, what that means is he wants an hourglass figure. Women who don't have an hourglass figure, um, meaning that they're more straight as a board, um, actually look at gymnasts and some women who are very athletic, like swimmers and so forth, their hip-to-waist ratio might be in the 90s, meaning that they're kind of built like guys, that there's not very much of a waist. So what does that tell the caveman that's on the hill? Whether he should bother to come off the hill and go into the village and bed that particular woman. So if she's got a thick waist, it means that she's already pregnant, so why bother? Or it means that she's not a fit woman, she's not a healthy woman, that she may not be healthy enough to bear his child, so why bother? So that's, it's, I don't think it's a social media construct at all. I think it's completely biological. And he will just keep moving and go on to the next village or on to the next town where he does find someone he's attracted to with that ideal 70 to 80% hip-to-waist ratio. Well, for sure. I don't think I said it was a social media construct. But what I was saying is is that I do think there's social implications if that's what I said I said it's what it represents so right. I wasn't in my mind I wasn't thinking of the the hip to waist ratio but I uh, so I knew that about the childbearing thing but I I did in my mind was the health thing you know and we when we look at art historically they weren't too thick either you know and we look at it women where it was a representation of health it was a representation of your access to resources. Do you have access to resources? Because right. if you do, then you're going to eat and you're going to be nice and healthy by being a little bit more plump. Right. Now, when we see a thin woman, if oh, I wait, see a thin woman, yes. What? Wait, it goes the other way too. If her hip to waist ratio is too narrow, meaning that it's 60%, then he's going to avoid that too because, again, she might not be healthy enough. You might be starving mm-hmm. or, like, whatever, have some sort of, you know, digestive issues or whatever. Again, it might not be healthy for the child, for the future child. Right. So. And, and so if I were to get on Instagram, for example, and see, like, some really hot women, well, are they just taking photographs? In, in, you know, loose fitting clothing. No, they're probably in gym clothes, showing off their workouts and things like that. And, you know, some of them are showing off if they're, if they're trying to represent, if they're trying to, you know, go business with their page, they're going to maybe be, 
you know, promoting brands and saying, I eat this or I drink that or whatever. And, and ultimately, it's a representation of, of health. Now, one of the things I find interesting is how quickly can something change? Because I think about that. You know, when yeah. you look at the evolutionary history of something, you think, well, how quickly can something change? Pretty fast. Because if you look at just like Hollywood, you'd say, well, you know, the women back in the 40s and 50s, we probably like look at Marilyn Monroe. Would we, there's an iconic sex symbol. Would we consider her an iconic sex symbol today? No, not at all. And I'd say the biggest thing that we've witnessed in our lifetimes in the last very short amount of time is women's hips, which I don't know where that came from, although I believe the, the, the minuscule amount of research I've done is Kim Kardashian. I think it's like everybody, every woman wants Kim's body. And so we've watched in, what, maybe 10 years or less, mm-hmm. women go from having slimmer hips to larger hips so they can look more like Kim. And you have men going, oh, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I want. What? That's less than 10 years. That's not thousands of years. That's right. less than 10. <laughs> so determining what's beautiful in a woman's body or in a man's body, I don't think this is something that takes thousands of years to condition and you're never going to do it. It's like, no, all you got to do is put a few pictures up and have a few icons, and it happens pretty fast. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It happens pretty fast. If, if all of the sudden the media was championing short men or just not discriminating and actually including them. If there were shorter men in movies, if there were shorter men in magazine ads or internet ads, because that's where we see ads these days, if all of that was there, if there were modeling agencies that were representing shorter men, I think that the shift would be so fast. I don't think, yeah, this is never going to work. This is never going to happen. I think it would be almost immediate. And I wanted to point out an experience I had. I actually did do a modeling um, gig. Now, and not a photo shoot, a modeling shoot. I got paid. I got compensated to go represent a company for my, with my body, my likeness. And when I showed up to the shoot, nobody there was like, oh, whoa, you're short. I wasn't received that way. In fact, yeah. there were even – there were even like women that were there because I was being silly because that's kind of my default is just to be silly and make fun of things. And there were women that were there that were like, yeah, he's, he's cute, but he's not so intelligent. And I was like, did you just make a dumb hot joke about me? Oh my God. Did that really just happen? (laughs) Right? So here I am at five, six. And what the point is, is because I didn't show up to them as a short guy. I showed up to them as the model for the day. They received me as the model. So they Mm -hmm. already saw me through that lens. Mm -hmm. That's how fast it's immediate. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Just the fact that I showed up in the context of model was enough for them to make comments when I'm goofing around that like, "Eh, he's cute, but he's not so smart. It's like, what? (laughs) That fast. That's how fast the change can be. So, you know, when I... Anyway, that's, that, that kind of keeps me circling back to the idea of, you know, somebody who has a gripe, you know, what, what do they want to see? Well, if you look at 
the women's movement, well, there's a lot of organizations that can spell out very clearly what they want to see. If you look at the racial movement, especially in America, let's take the black movement, that's the biggest one, they can spell out very clearly what they want to see. In fact, I actually do fundraising for a nonprofit that's headed by a black man. So I'm reaching out to like Black Lives Matter, NAACP, like I'm reaching out to these black organizations for fundraising. And when I'm on their websites, it's like, well, what do we stand for? Well, they can tell you explicitly what they stand for and what they want to see different in, in, in the way that black people are treated. So when you look at shorter men right now, we're still at the level of, that's just how it is, bro. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, then what, what do you want to see happen? Well, I know what I would want to start to see happen, which is equality to as great a possible degree on dating apps. It's like we need to erase the height as a determining factor, or you need to put hip-to-waist ratio and breast size. Then, then, then we can start to really get ugly with each other. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. <laughs> let's let's just funny. get dirty, right? Right. Um, and then women are going to say, then I want penis size. Fine. Let's, then I want eye color too. Come on, let's do this. You know? <laughs> let's, wow. just, let's get our knuckles dirty. You know, it's, uh, or you get rid of all of the bullshit and you say, okay, let's look at the compatibility things like diet. Yeah. Religion. Yeah. Political beliefs. Yeah. Okay. That physical, stuff matters. Physical activity. Physical uh, activity. Financial integrity is one. Educational awesome. level. Yeah. I mean, there's there's all kinds of factors that we could put in here. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just kind of, I'd like to see an all or, all or nothing. And I, I just think that the hype thing as mandatory with filters is weird. Um, of the five apps I'm on, one of them, I think it's this one called Badu. Mm-hmm. I think it's that one. Does have it, it might be OK Cupid. I'm not positive. Um, does have a race selector? Wow. Mm. You can go in and say, I only want to see women from these of these races. That's that's pretty bold, right? I'm pretty and and, and wait, is that. it is it covert or is that published on your page on your profile? Like it's one thing to no, select no, no, it. No, 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 no. It's one thing to select no. it, but it's another thing to put it publicly out there on your profile. Wow. Of course, no, no, no. This is just a filter. It's just a filter. It's just saying uh-huh. like, who do you want to see? And it's a basic filter. It's not like a premium. Like when you pay for the app, you get access to premium things. Like no, this is a basic filter. So I could go oh, on there and wow. literally say. I only want to see Chinese women, <laughs> and I'm only going to see Chinese women and no one else. And the algorithm would only send you – so it's a, it's a private thing, mm-hmm. right? The algorithm would send That's you – right. yeah. right. That's right, yeah. Right, okay. The algorithm can, is going to filter out everyone. Can you imagine the outrage if a black man says, I only want to date white women? I mean, they'd come over and burn his house down. I mean – Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one app, it's there. But but I think that that's bold, and I think that that's but that's what I'm talking about. See, because to me, as as odd as it might occur to somebody, or as, as as maybe as it might not immediately appear to be so to people, I'm at, I'm actually fiercely supportive of equality, fiercely. You yeah. know, whether that's male, female, different race, but it's what does equality look like? 
what equality looks like to me is not, okay, you're a woman, so you are equal to men in every single way, and you get to discriminate against my height. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. If you want true equality, which I support true equality, it's going to get dirty. Yeah. It's going to get dirty. Or we remove all of those filters, and then we have – which then you have, like, Tinder. And you have – and that's why – like I have the best success on Tinder of all the apps because my height, I don't put my height. It's not a, it's not a prompt. There's no prompts of whatever. And I, my, my pictures are good. I don't know that they're the best. Um, my, my bio is good. I don't know that it's the best, but I have literally by a factor of 100, if not more success on Tinder versus the other apps as far as just likes and matches. Like I have on, on Hinge, which I've mentioned, I have like one like uh, every couple weeks to a month. Okay. I'll like every couple weeks to a month versus on Tinder where it's daily. So daily. you're saying it's like that because Tinder doesn't even have an option, a height option. It's not well, there. Well, I, I, here's my theory um, is I know for a fact that dating apps work on algorithms for men and women. And, you know, I found a, a great article that was written on how to hack the algorithm. It wasn't mm-hmm. written by a man. It was written by a woman. And okay. she was totally griping. She's like, I had no idea the whole system was rigged. And, like, she, she, so she's documenting how she had to learn how to play the game. Mm-hmm. And... So, so this isn't just like men are getting screwed and women aren't getting screwed. It's there's an algorithm and we're all getting ranked. So then, you know, there's all of these determining factors that affect your rank. And when I look at my results and experience on Tinder versus my results and experience on the other apps where my height is prompted for or mandated – there is a clear black and white difference in experience where the ones where it's mandated, mm-hmm. I have a, I have like nothing. Like I have very, almost no likes and like hardly any matches. And what's, and, and so I think, well, why is that? Is it because a woman's looking at my height and just swiping left? And then I think, well, even if, even if they do want to swipe left, that's fine. Like at it, it first, cause on, on a couple of these, when I started on these apps, I thought, you know, I'm just going to put it like if a woman has a problem with it, I don't care. I don't want to know her anyway. But I wasn't thinking about the algorithm. Mm-hmm. So if the algorithm is tied to the filters and there's some cooperative calculation going on, then what's going to happen is you're going to get erased from all the women that don't want to see you, like the first thing they're going to go for is the height. Let me just get rid of all the guys that are under 5'10". That's the magic number, by the way. It's not six feet, it's 5'10". Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, maybe it's six feet, but from everything I've seen, I think it's 5'10", 5'11". And then that's going to just start to just attack your ranking. So then you're going to get showed to who's left, and then who's left is going to maybe see it. Maybe they didn't set their filter, but they're still not interested, so they're going to swipe left. And ultimately, you're just not going to get a lot of attention. And, and so then your rank is going to go lower and lower and lower. Well, then what happens is, is I start being shown 
women in my league, in my rank range. And so I have no power over this. I can't just go up and ask the hot girl out because I'm never going to see her. I'm never right. going to see her show up in my deck. And even the girl, the woman that does not have a problem with a man's height, even if she's a beautiful woman and a wonderful woman, she's never going to know I exist. I'm never going to show up in her deck because I rank too low. She ranks too high. I rank too low. So there's this mechanical league, <laughs> you know, this mechanical discrimination happening. And that's where there's a real impact. There's a real impact of, of the discrimination. And that's when you start talking about things in a legal way, like is there actually something here to fight for? Well, yeah, because there's an impact. There's a, this is not just somebody's feelings getting hurt. It, there's lots of beautiful and amazing and wonderful women out there that don't care about a man's height. height. But I'm never, she's never going to know that I exist if this is our platform to meet each other. Is there any way to rig the algorithm? In other words, when you initially set up your profile, can one say, hey, I'm 5'10 or 5'11 or whatever, and then later, like in the bio section where you're saying, here's what my likes and preferences are, in the bio section, put the real height? You absolutely could do that. You absolutely could lie. And you could lie and then... Like in the first, and say, yeah, in, in the first paragraph, you know, put it in the bio. Yeah, like give, you know. It, it, but at yes. least the algorithm would be tricked. It, it would kind of be like saying, okay, you're from Compton, but you don't, you, you can put that in the bio, <laughs> but in the in the initial profile setup, maybe you you want to say, hey, I'm from you know, I don't know, El Segundo or some nicer town, the next town over. I'm in Culver City. Yeah, I think you, I mean, I'm pretty good with words. And I think that what that looks like in your bio is yeah. tough. Because ultimately, how do you craft that so that you don't sound like a guy that's a victim? Yeah. How do you craft that so you don't sound like a guy that's at the wrong end of something? And that's going to take a lot of work um, to tell the truth and explain why you lied. And I, I think that she's going to see that and go, he lied. I don't, know that, I don't know that a woman is going to see she might, but I don't know that a woman is going to see that and go, oh, I get it. Yeah. And if she's popular enough, there's just too many guys that are swiping right on her. She's got too many options. And she's going to go, oh, yeah, whatever. I, I, that's, that's my well take. Well, you know what? Um, when I was single, there were a number of guys who were short. And we would be talking about, I don't know, politics or, you know, surfboarding or bicycling or like whatever the subject was. And literally every 20 minutes, the guy would say, oh, by the way, do you know that I'm five feet eight? Oh, by the way, do you know that I'm five foot? Yeah, just that's to, annoying. Just, just wanted to remind you that I'm five foot eight, and then we'd go back to the politics or go back to the windsurfing or whatever it was. But uh -huh. that's kind of how they dealt with it. So it was like, you know, I just want you to, you know, I want to disclose this information to you just so we're clear that, hey, I'm five eight. <laughs> 
I don't yeah, know I if I that's... agreed with it, but I guess the MO was I want you to like me because of my personality and because I'm well-versed and because I have similar interests as you do, and they're trying to bond with you on that emotional connection thing that hopefully you will disregard the fact that the guy is 5'8". Yeah, I think that's where the – that's where when guys are saying, like, bro, you need to get over it, it's like that's where you need to get over it. That's, that's the man having an <laughs> issue. You know, and, and so the other thing is, is, you know, and not to spend a lot of time on ways you could deal uh, if, unless that's what you wanted to do. But, you know, I know um, actually this woman that I matched with on Hinge, you know, I've had very low success, but I, they've been very quality success. Um, and so there's this one woman I matched with, and the hype thing came up at one point. And she, it, it, and she told me about a friend of hers who was a shorter guy in his experience, and so a woman would ask his height, and he'd say, I'm this tall. Do you have a problem with that? And my immediate reaction is, I'm not giving a woman that kind of power. Like, I have brown hair. Do you have a problem with that? I have green eyes. Do you have a problem with that? Like, I, I drive a Prius. Do you have a problem with that? Like, I don't, <laughs> like I'm not going to ask somebody if they have a problem with me or my life. Like, that's where the man needs to do the inner work and learn how to be a better communicator and learn to display why he's the right mate and, and not be hung up on seeking approval for things. Um, so there absolutely yeah. is inner work to be done. It's, again, you've done the inner work. Is there an obstacle still? Because like these guys, when I said I posted this online and these guys are like, bro, you just need to do the inner work. It's like, dude, you don't know who I am. You don't know the inner work that I've done. You don't know yeah. that I've charmed taller women. You don't know anything about me. This is, has nothing to do. But fair, you don't know that I've done the inner work. So there I mean, are guys that need yeah. to deal with it for sure. You know, maybe it's working the other way around. Maybe the reason why that one particular guy asked every 20 minutes and did a segue, maybe he didn't want to waste his time with me if I did have a problem with it. Because you know what, if you, if the yeah, person, maybe. if the you know the, the female does have a problem with it, it's like why waste my time? You know, I'd rather invest sure. this time on someone that doesn't have an issue. So I just want to clarify. All right, let's go back to windsurfing now. You know, <laughs> I but if know. we're going to agree on those attraction switches, yeah, which I think we can agree on those attraction switches, yeah. then. That you're going about it all wrong, you know. It's like, and and it's not a given. Look, we're not born knowing our attraction switches. Our parents don't teach us the attraction switches. They're not taught in school, you know. That's why that's why you are who you are. And there's the the guys that are out there teaching men how to do it, and you know, magazines. I mean, the billions of dollars in, that have been spent on magazines by women learning how to attract a better mate. You know, it's like we're not taught. We're not. We can learn, and there are people that know that have figured it out that we can learn from. But it's not a given. So that that's that's where the the inner work is. Um, one thing that I wanted to talk to you about that I thought was interesting, and we haven't talked about yet, and I think it's a big deal because when we talk about short men versus other groups is um, when I was on the dating apps before, which was a year and a half ago, and I really didn't 
I didn't nurture them. So I didn't have a very good experience on them mm-hmm. um, is they were what they were. Okay. I didn't notice much of this, um, this group. And when I've got on this time, it's all over all of them. And that is um, transgender people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we're talking about filters and kind of like, well, what should be allowed or what should not be allowed or, you know, is there discrimination or is there not? Um, when, when you are setting up your profile, you can state what you are. Now, I think some of them it might just say male or female, but here, the apps are going to cater to you and your identity. Well, how do you identify Okay, Cupid literally has a prompt for what are your preferred pronouns. So how do you identify and what are your preferred pronouns? Okay, but when you go to filter your deck, you have three options. Men, women, everyone, if you're bi. If you're gay or you're bi. Now, what's interesting to me about this is that there's transgenders, and I support, like, again, I feel like i got to make this disclaimer, right? Like, this has nothing to do with, like, I, I'm hating on gay or transgender people. No, not at all. I support them as human beings. I'm not trying to have sex with them, though. And so when I'm setting my, my fundamental filters up, I am a man seeking women. I am not seeking a man who had a sex change. He could be a lovely human being, and I support him Civically, you know, I support his rights out there in the world. Yeah. I don't want to see him or her or whatever the preferred pronouns are show up in my deck that I have to swipe through. Right. Why? How in the world? You don't want to see what's under the hood. (laughs) And I don't want to see what's under the hood because a lot of them are pre-op. Some are post-op. But you know what? What if I want to have kids? You could be, you could be, maybe you had the surgery when you were young and you could be the most feminine, stunningly beautiful, amazing woman now, but I want kids. You don't have a womb. And, 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 I'm many, not adopting. and, and I, many are, many are like jaw droppingly gorgeous. Yeah, right. Yeah. Some of, some of them I'm like, Oh, she's hot. And then I'm looking at like trans and I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, but, but the point is, is that, you what should not – you as the receiver should not be in a position where you have to filter that out. And that's the social conditioning. So the yeah. social conditioning is that I'm supposed to accept them and consider them as a sexual mate. Yeah. And there are like, hey, I'm a woman and you – I mean there are some that are very outspoken on their profiles. You know, you need to consider me as a woman, and I am who I am. And, you know, and it's like, no, I don't. No, I don't. I can accept you civically. I can accept you in society. I don't have to consider you as a sexual partner. No, right. I don't. But why right. do I have to swipe through you versus my height being filtered out? Like, what? How backwards is that? So it's just another one of those things where it's like, how do they, how are their rights and protections for that, but not this? Right. I when the Rams first came to town three years ago, my husband and I went to a game, and we went to, you know, we had to go to the bathroom, respectively, what have you, and there were so many 
trans women in the women's bathroom. And thank God, I don't know if this has changed yet. Thank God there were no urinals in our bathroom. But at a later point in time, I mean, what you do behind, luckily a women's bathroom is only stalls, which is fine. So I don't have to see your business. But later on, if they decide that it's okay to put a urinal in the woman's bathroom, I don't think I would like to take my eight-year-old daughter and have you pull out your business in front of her because you're now using a urinal in the women's bathroom. That would, like, freak me out. (laughs) So I don't know. It's it's a really tough decision, and you're right. You know, it's like we support – you know, um, the gay rights community and so forth and pride and all that kind of stuff. But there is there a line or has that line been crossed? I mean, it's just crazy. And and I think, again, you know, it's it ultimately boils down to I've said this before. There's a fortress. Where's the loose brick? Where's the crack in the fortress? Is there an argument to be made? And I think that there is some degree of hypocrisy in in not in a level that needs to be addressed seriously mm-hmm. where you have a dating app that is going to make a public announcement in support of one group of people and say we're not going to tolerate discrimination of any kind hate speech of any kind and here I am. I've got to, I've got to accept that. Like, oh boy, they're very strong-worded language. I, you know, I can't discriminate against anybody, and I need to start considering these trans men to women in as my sexual partners. But as a shorter man, my height can be just filtered out from your deck. Yeah. What? You, you know, like what? Because this, all of these things are physical characteristics. And I argue, this is something I think about a lot, right? When we think about compatibility versus just kind of features, like the desired features, yeah. is if you look at trans, clearly there's a compatibility, potential compatibility issue. Because, again, let's say I want children. You can't have my child. And I'm not talking adoption. I want you to carry my child. I want it to be ours. Okay? Yeah, you so want, you want half real, of your you want half of your DNA out there. Right. That's right. So there's, you know, and even if oh, oh, we can get a surrogate, no, 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 that's not what I want. So that, and that's my right over my body. Mm-hmm. So there's, those are my, my reproductive rights. You know, we talk about women's reproductive rights. Those are my reproductive rights. So then you go, okay, there's a real compatibility issue. And if it's a pre-op, there's definitely a compatibility issue because that's not how I go, okay? And that's fine. I'm not – they can do whatever they want. That's not what I do. So then you have race. Is race a compatibility issue? Yeah. Yeah, it really is because there are cultural behaviors that each race has. You know, there are foods that go with it. There are family, you know, family gatherings and family rituals. There's friend rituals. There's activity rituals, entertainment rituals or preferences. So there is an entire world that every race kind of does have its nuanced way of living. Now, obviously, that has nothing to do with, like, you know, love conquers all, but there is a 
actual compatibility background there. Same thing with religion, clearly. Same thing with political beliefs. Now, but those there are filters for, but when I look at race or I look at you know, sexual identity, those are far more compatible, compatibility uh, issues than when you look at height. There's no compatibility issue. I've thought mm-hmm. about it a lot. I've thought about it a lot. I've had taller, you know, I've slept with taller women. I've slept with shorter women. I can tell you about the differences in both. Um, there are dance issues. That's an, that's, a, that's an activity. You know, like if you're going to tango, you know, you want to have a certain height differential. Um, but that's just one dance, not all dancing. So oh, come it, on, just wear roller skates to tango. I mean, what the heck? Right? <laughs> so there's other than I, – I can't find – where there's a compatibility issue yeah. with height, it is nothing more than a physical preference. And if we're going to go down the rabbit hole of physical preference, why out of all of the physical preferences is that the only one that's allowed and in some cases mandated? Right. That's the, to me, is there an arguable issue? Because I'm not just a guy that's pissed. It's, is there something that can be done? Should it be done? Is the, and I think there is. I think it's like that's, that's the, the impact. There's the real impact. No other physical characteristics are allowed except for this one. No other preferences are allowed but this one. And there's a filter for it, and it's going to affect your rank. So you're going to rank lower, so your experience on the app is going to be less. And if you can win that battle, then you can expand it outside of the dating apps into other areas of, of the world. Agreed. Do you know that a lot of women have what's called the rule of sixes for dating? So those rule of sixes are the guy has to be six feet tall, get a six-figure salary, and have a six-pack ab. Wow. Yeah. And a lot of them publicly put that on their profiles. You better have the rule of sixes. So some, seemingly that's okay in this world. <laughs> but to discriminate against... Anything else in her, you know, in her regard, that's not allowed. So I, I'm, I'm all in favor of equality, but if, if, if the tide is going to go one way, the tide better go back the other way. You know, something that <laughs> is on the wish list or on the bucket list for the guy. I mean, yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, out of all the things we talked about today, to kind of wrap up the show a little bit, and I'll give you a minute or two to, to do your wrap-up, the thing that comes forward in my mind, I know you wrote the letter to Hinge. I don't know if you want to do anything more with this issue, if you want to use a legal, legal avenues to pursue it further. I think you have a legal case. I mean, I can hook you up with an attorney and you guys can discuss whether it has merit. But it reminds me, your situation reminds me of a very famous case um, that happened in the 1980s, and it was called UC versus Baki. Baki is spelled B-A-K-K-E. So this white male applicant, the plaintiff, decided that because he was white 
and male. And at the time, they had just um, put in place a quota system. And they said that certain minorities were disadvantaged and they didn't get you know, access to certain things, whatever. And um, he argued, and this case went all the way to the Supreme Court, that they were um, biased and they were putting in scholastic applicants to these universities and they were getting in with a lesser GPA, with lesser qualifications. He had to put in the work. He had to have, you know, his 4.2 or better to get into a UC system, which is already really hard. He had to have all these supplemental qualifications in addition to the GPA. And why did he not get in? And somebody that ha I think uh, the person that did take his spot maybe got like, I don't know, was it a 2.7 or 2.8 or whatever it was, and none of the supplemental qualifications. So he won his case. And the Supreme Court ruled in his favor that it was anti-discrimination. So who knows? Maybe there's hope with all this. Yeah. I, I think for me, you know, I I try to stay as clear and objective on the issue as I can. And, you know, it's it's not – I'm actually okay with discrimination. I've been – you know, I'm 42 and I've dealt with a lot of discrimination in my life. I used to have long hair. I had tons of discrimination. Oh, you're a hippie or you look, you know, I was, I might look like a good man now, but when I was younger, I was very delicate and pretty looking. So when I had very nice long hair, got mistaken for a woman a lot, got teased for looking like a woman a lot. So, mm -hmm. you know, just whether it's being short or being too pretty or having long hair or being a musician or any number of things like I'm so used to people discriminating against me. I don't care. Of course, it doesn't feel good. It's not that I don't notice it. It's is there I, I can't stand for hypocrisy. And I can't, I really do fight for equality. I can't stand inequality. So again, staying to the core of this, the offense that I take is seeing certain groups getting protection mm -hmm. and having me be part of a group, which is shorter men, and saying, you have no protection. In fact, that's just the way it is. And, you know, people just like what they like. Women just like what they like. Women like tall men, sorry, buddy, steal. And it's like, no. Like, I don't ex – I reject that. I think that is no different than how black slaves were conditioned – to believe that they were less than white people, that women are conditioned to believe that they're less than men, I think no different than human beings want to dominate other human beings so that they have the best access to all the resources so that they can you know, procreate and other people can't. I think it's super black and white and obvious. Mm -hmm. And so when I see the hypocrisy, I think that needs to be addressed I'm okay with a girl telling me to my face, you're too short. That's fine. I'm not okay with her having a filter for it and an algorithm that is going to then record that filter and throw my rank down <laughs> and then make my experience on this platform a real impact. 
a real tangible impact. And I'm very clear to stay to that. I know how attorneys fight. It's where's the actual tangible impact? Is there one? And it, I feel like there is. I think I there keep, is, too. I don't know whether you want to pursue it, but I, I do think you, you're on to something, and I think there is I think there is discrimination. Now, with regard to what you should do with everything we talked about today, I think guys who take a position of, I don't care, I don't care what she thinks, I think they come a little bit ahead of the pack. I think you almost have to have uh, that attitude. I think you have to do the self-development and be the best person you can be. And, you know, you're just going to win some, you're going to lose some, and that's just how it is, whether it's a height issue or socioeconomic issue or where you live or your zip code or your area code or, like, whatever it is. There's always going to be someone who thwarts you and brings you down, and you just have to get to a point where, okay, brother, like, move on. I don't care. <laughs> you know, there's got to yeah. be a little bit, you know, there's got to be a little bit out of that because then you'll never get through life because always there are going to be people that bring you down. Right? I mean, so you got to, yeah, it's, we all have to work. I mean, you have that issue. I have my issue and five others, whatever it is. We all have issues. <laughs> you well, I think the good analogy I think the good analogy, and you see this in in racial inequality and and gender inequality, is the term, uh, the phrase, leveling the playing field. It's, let's level the playing field. Because if I'm an asshole, and I've got a chip on my shoulder, and I need to tell you every 20 minutes that I'm a certain height, you know, and whatever, then I I don't deserve you. Like, if I'm going to walk around being a low-value man, then I'm a low-value man. Yeah. that, but I, but I deserve the opportunity to be a low value man on an even playing field. Right. <laughs> right. That's, that's the idea. Like let, let the playing field be e- uh, equal. And then, then you can throw all of the, the entire book at me and go, okay, now buddy, you know, the, the, the playing field has been leveled. Now you have nothing standing in your way, so now let the person, the people that develop themselves match with the other people that develop themselves. And Mm -hmm. let all the people that gripe about life match with each other and gripe with each other. You know, like. Right. Right. I agree. I mean, I, I can tell you when I was in the you know, in the business world, and I and I still experience this to this day, sometimes I'm in a male-dominated industry, and there is quite a lot of discrimination that goes on. And I just shut up, keep my nose to the grindstone, do what I need to do, mm-hmm. and, and eventually – um, the owner or the or your boss or whatever it is now might not be you know a minute from now but eventually like four to six months from now they notice they take notice like wow she is doing the work and then after that point you're one of the guys so mm-hmm. you know there's discrimination in all different types of situations in all different types of fields and you know I, I guess just 
you know, use your best judgment on how to navigate through it. Like with you, I'm like, I have to commend you that you figured out that, oh, gee, it's more than the surface here. It's about the algorithm. So what can I do to put myself in the most favorable algorithm to where I'm getting matches that are more suitable to what I want? So good for you for noticing stuff like that. I mean, you know, you have to do what it takes to, to get through, I guess. All right. <laughs> so in summation, Jeff, if you want to take uh, like a minute, um, let's wrap everything up. We're, we've gone a little bit over on time here, so let's wrap it up. Closing thoughts, what you want to put out in the world, go for it. Damn the man. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I, my, that last little bit that I said, I thought that was my wrap. Oh, so, okay. yeah, well, I would say, I guess fine. what I will add to that, the one last thing I'll add is I did write a longer uh, thought about it, you know, where with Hinge, it was very much, it was emotional because I did it right then and there. So it was much more emotionally charged. Um, yeah. I did write a, which it's probably still emotionally charged, is yeah. I did write a much longer con- kind of uh non-company specific thing and you know how would I get that viewed there is something I want there is a next step I want to take I don't know what that next step is do I put this up on a website like a blog and then you know try to get so you know dating app companies to look at it and see what kind of changes are can be made and then take it beyond the dating companies into other parts of the world um, I don't know, but there is a, there is whether a lawsuit. Wow, I mean that's like kind of not something I would think, but if there is something there, maybe it's worth exploring. Um, I would like to to be somebody that I think I'm ferocious enough, and I think I can tolerate discrimination enough. I think maybe not, but I think I can tolerate the hatred enough to actually like be somebody to to champion this and try to find make make something happen. Well, if you if you do have a um, a blog site, that would be a great avenue. Or actually, what's even more popular, the number one you know form of social media popularity is YouTube. Um, you know, to put it up on YouTube, <laughs> that'll get you yeah, some track sure. some traction there. Uh, if you do, you know, either of those or some sort of public. Uh, Endeavor, just let me know, and I'm more than happy to promote the link and whatever and get some more eyeballs on it for you. Thank you. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, close down our show. I want to thank everybody for listening to our show today. If you happen to have missed yesterday's show, we had a great show with my uh, guest host, Todd Wittellis, and we were talking about dating and momentum. So momentum is defined as mass in motion, and if an object is moving, then it has momentum. So it takes a lot of energy to move a car from a full stop than to go from 55 miles per hour to 60. Same holds true for your dating life. So join this show if you missed it. You can find it right here on Blog Talk Radio. The best place to find all of my shows, five years worth of shows, is either the uh, TuneIn app or SoundCloud. The whole library of shows is there. Or you can just type into Google If you're not already a member and a subscriber, type in The Men's Advocate Show, The Men's Advocate Show, and whatever your favorite podcasting platform is, it'll probably be there. All right, so that's how you do that. 
Um, so thank you again for listening. You can show your love by uh, listening, calling, subscribing, chat, like our fan page, follow, comment, share, tell a friend, advertise with me, start with my Amazon link, download my app, and buy my book on Amazon. By the way, the book is um, <laughs> mind blank here. Uh, the Science of Mastering Women, The Science of Mastering Women, The Real Truth About Women That Will Change Your Life Forever. You can buy this on Amazon, download it uh, to your digital profile in, in a few seconds, or what most people do is they ask for the paperback. They'll ship that to you in anywhere from like three days to ten days, depending on where you are and how you're shipping it. All right, so the science of mastering women. All right. Thank you so much again. Please join us right here on Blog Talk Radio. We'll catch you next time on Blog Talk Radio. I want to thank my guest again, Jeff, for joining us. And we'll have the replay of this uh, show up pretty soon, probably a little bit later tonight. All right. Bye for now. We will see you next time. Are you there? One second, yes. <laughs>